Welcome to Clutch Time with Mike on the mic. It's your favorite mic recording your favorite podcast. Um, quick bit of order, just a quick moment of silence. Just a quick moment of silence there, man. Rest in peace, Nipsey Hustle. That's who you heard when the when the podcast first came on. Definitely rest in peace, Nipsey Hustle. Um if you've been under a rock or you just ain't been around or on social media or watching TV whatsoever, um, Nipsey was murdered outside of his Marathon clothing store in L.A. Um, about two weeks ago. And, you know, that took the world by storm. And, you know, it's just it's wild because I really, really don't never, you know, when celebrities die, I just look at celebrities as, as regular people. They just us. They just more people know them. That's all. Um, so when celebrities die, I didn't really, you know, I don't really be all on Facebook screaming about it or Instagram, Snapchat, whatever the case may be. But this one was different, man. This one was different. Um, you know, I ain't the biggest Nipsey fan. I heard a few mixtapes, listened to Victory Lap. You know, that was on repeat last year because that was the album of the year. Um, but it's crazy when you see somebody who came from where Nipsey came from and was still trying to uplift where he came from. Like, he was still in the hood that he grew up in and ran the streets and trying to make it better, like trying to give back. So to see him, you know, on the ground like that in the videos that got posted on social media, shame on y'all, but the videos that did get posted on social media, you know, that that was crazy to see. So, you know, definitely prayers up to, you know, his family, his mother, Lauren London, his kids, you know, anybody that's affiliated with Nipsey, you know, that's that was crazy thing to see. And it's still like two weeks later, it's still like, damn, man, Nip gone. Like, you know, like I said, celebrity deaths don't really do nothing to me, but this one was different, man. That's a dude out here really 33 years old trying to trying to change the world with everything he was doing and to have his life sensibly taken away by some idiot. And that sucks to see. So we definitely, as a black community, gotta come together. And if anybody didn't see, you know, you know, Nip definitely was in a gang. But after Nip passed away, they had a whole march up there in L.A. on Crenshaw and Slauson Boulevard, if I ain't mistaken. And it was just about every gang that's in L.A., I think. I mean, I could be wrong, but that's just what I saw. And they all, no fighting, no none of that. They stood and walked in peace for Nipsey. So that lets you show the you know, the respect that he had and the respect that he had for everybody, from everybody. So it was wild to see. You saw as that hit the sports world, um, how impactful he was on people's lives. 
you saw a lot of different players. Jimmy Butler was wearing a Nipsey Hussle jersey. LeBron had on a Nipsey Hussle shirt. Um, and I think the the Clippers, they had a Nipsey Hussle jersey that was presented before the game. Um, I know during the Warriors game, um, I think Kevin Durant found out first and he told Steph and you could kind of just see it on his face like, damn, like really? And then you saw them playing Nipsey's music as a tribute to him for, you know, his untimely passing. Um, but of course, the best one to see was Russell Westbrook. I know I don't talk about Russell Westbrook quite a light on this podcast, but um when you see stuff like that, stuff, you know, real stuff that's happening in the world, whether it be social injustices or whatever the case may be, to see that, you know, like I tell you, I'm an athlete and human too. And you can see from all the pictures and how he took it, you know, in the post-game interview and in the interview before the game, like Russ was really hurt. You know, he had a job to do and go out there and play, but Russ did something I ain't never seen in my lifetime. You probably never seen it in your lifetime, but Russ had 20 points. 21 or 20 rebounds and 21 assists. And if you know, you know, 20 plus 20 plus 20. If you know, you know. So it was good to see that, you know, on a night, you know, where he was where he was hurting, man. He lost a good friend, a close friend to him. So, you know, I respect Russ for that so much. Um, so again, rest in peace, Nipsey Hustle. And after the game, he was screaming, that's for Nipsey. And you could hear the NBA commentators saying, you know, that's for his brother and stuff like that. And that's another reason that I've said a million times why I really, really respect the way that the NBA is run and how they've, in, you know, ingratiated the black culture into the league because the league is 75% black. So for the seeing the Clippers, with, I mean, granted, they were in Los Angeles, but they didn't have to do that to show any love to Nipsey Hustle or anything like that. So great respect to that organization for doing that. Respect to all the players. Respect to anybody that, you know, has something good to say about Nipsey. It's definitely tough to see. Um, just real quickly, I'm still on this Nipsey thing, but um, I did go to Dreamville Fest this weekend um, with J. Cole's concert. All of Dreamville was there. Nelly was there. Big Sean, Black, Tiana Taylor. Um, SZA was there. It's probably some people I'm missing. But the two biggest things that I took away from that was really that whole Dreamville Fest was nothing but a tribute to Nipsey Hussle. Um, Because like I said, he had an impact on a lot of people's lives. Tiana Taylor had Blue up there and she kept coming back on stage screaming, you know, about Nipsey. Um, Big Sean did his song, um, One Man Can Change the World, which originally was about his grandma. But, you know, he kind of remixed the words to, you know, apply it to Nipsey's life and just basically telling us like, man, you know, Nipsey's still here. Lift your hands up and give your energy and all of that. So I, I definitely took home from that. And, um, J. Cole definitely saying, you know, give people roses while you still can because you don't want to be going to put a rose on somebody's casket because y'all got into a y'all got into a beef, y'all got into a fight or whatever the case may be, something that could be, you know, pushed under the rug because if they was gone tomorrow, you'd be hurt. So he was doing that with your Love Your song. He had a bunch of videos in Nipsey Hustle. So, you know, I I, I I feel for his family. I feel for Lauren London, his kids. His mom, she had that such a positive message. Um, I don't know how she did that because I don't. I mean, I don't have kids, but I couldn't imagine losing, you know, my child. I, I don't know how it reacts. So, big ups to them and big ups to everybody trying to, you know, come together for Nipsey and his family. And shout out to the congresswoman that's in LA that's trying to get all Nipsey stuff entered into 
you know, U.S. congressional history or whatever it was to Soda always be there in U.S. history. And shout out to the mayor of L.A. I believe it was the mayor who's saying that they're going to rename um, that boulevard um, up under Nipsey's whole name, his first and real last name plus Nipsey Hussle. So that was big to see. Um, but enough about Nipsey. Again, rest in peace, rest in peace. Um, let's talk about some sports. Um, hadn't really much happened. Well, I mean, yeah, Duke lost. I was depressed about that. Um, lost by a point. Man, R.J. Barrett. Boy, mm, 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 terrible. Um, then they had the national championship game Monday. Virginia beat Texas Tech, which um, to my man's Jared Culver, listen, man, listen, listen. I watched you enough this year to know you, you can play. You can ball. But your basketball IQ is lacking, brother. There ain't no shade. That's just constructive criticism. I'm sure your coach told you that after the game when you probably could compose yourself. But um, y'all are up three. You come down and you shoot uh, basically a hero ball three, man. He was like 0-6 from the three-point line. What kind of shot was that? That was terrible. And then Virginia, and as soon as you shot it and it went off, I said, oh, God, Virginia's about to win the game. They came, what did they do? They came right down. And you helped off of your man, who's DeAndre Hunter, and he buried a three. Now we in overtime, and you guys got blown out. So congrats to Virginia. Still don't got no respect for Tony Bennett. Yeah, you beat Texas Tech, but a year when you can beat Duke and UNC in the same year, then you come holler at me because Duke and UNC be mopping the floor at Virginia. But that's just me. Um, uh, Big news last night out the NBA, Magic Johnson. Irvin Magic Johnson, the greatest point guard to ever play in basketball history. That is a larger-than-life person, celebrity, iconic figure. He was the NBA in the 80s, him and Larry Bird. Um, If you're a Lakers fan or even if you're just a basketball fan, you know who Magic Johnson is. A few years ago, he took on the responsibility of being the president of basketball operations for the Lakers. And to say that he has flopped – is being nice. Um, the only thing that he's really done is got LeBron to come to L.A. And even that's looking like, man, I know LeBron came out earlier today and said he was standing with the organization, but LeBron said he believed in Magic's vision. Magic gone. And this is the messed up part. Magic didn't even, like, he just called a press conference and said, I'm stepping down. He didn't tell his boss. He didn't tell LeBron. None of that. He just said, I'm quitting. And basically his words were, you know, I'm just not happy. I'm, I have too many other things that I have to do. He's a businessman. He's a mogul, all of that. So, I mean, I know his time is limited. But um, as it was stated this morning on Undisputed by Chris Broussard, if you're going to be the president of basketball operations, you've got to be invested. Like, you've got to get out there and scout. You mess around and be in Germany in some dingy gym looking at players to see if anybody can hoop. You got to be in the office. You got to be on the phone with agents, um, other presidents, other owners, and stuff. You got to get to know your way around the league because if not, that thing with the whole Anthony Davis thing—that's what was con- going to continue to happen. So he just ended up quitting. And one of the other reasons he cited was he wants to be a mentor to other players, but he can't because Ben Simmons basically reached out to him saying that. You know, I want you to mentor me and show me different parts of my game that I can improve. 
Magic really can't do that because as a president of basketball operations, you can't interact with other players because it's considered tampering. You don't get a fine each time. Um, he wanted to call Russell Westbrook after the 2020 game and just tell him congratulations. You know, it was that was tough to to swallow to go out there and play after you know your friend died, but he couldn't again because it had been considered tampering. So he's gone. You know, he he hold no ifs ands or buts about it. I'm out and. He ain't been apologetic about it. Now, the word on the street is the ESPN is coming out with this article stating how Magic Johnson was basically mistreating a lot of employees within the Lakers organization. And I guess they finally had enough and they went to ESPN. So if that was the reason why he stepped down, that would lead me to believe that there's something in that article that he really doesn't want out. Whether it be some kind of physical abuse, I hope and pray it's not no sexual allegations because it's Magic Johnson we talking about. Um, you know, I hope it's nothing you know horribly bad. You know, if you're mistreating people, that's bad. But I hope it ain't you know something too off the wall, too crazy to where you're completely tarnished your image and nobody are gonna have one nothing to do with you. If you're closing billion dollar deals, that doesn't look good to the folks with with with, with the money. So hopefully that's not it, but we'll see. Um, so that basically is the cherry on the top for the Lakers season. They went from fourth seed to LeBron getting hurt to the whole saga with the young players feeling disrespected because they were all about to get traded for Anthony Davis to the trade not happening to LeBron coming back to the Lakers not making the playoffs. And then this was the cherry on the top. So year 17, my favorite player. Second favorite player ever, LeBron, boy, balls in your court. I don't know what you're about to do, but you better do something spectacular because it ain't looking good out there in L.A. Not for the Lakers anyway. Maybe the Clippers, but not the Lakers. Hopefully y'all can get that turned around and get that popping off. Um, it's, y'all, it's, it's, been a, it's been a crazy two weeks. Nothing's really going on in sports that's noteworthy in my opinion, but – Oh, wait. No, I take it back. I lied. So, switching gears, let's run into football real quick. Antonio Brown, what, what, man, what's what's going on, bro? Like, did you go to pour some cereal and you ain't had no milk? You feel like Craig on Friday? It's, it sounded like you was in love with Juju or something. You mad because he left you on red. Like, real talk. I've never seen a player get traded from a team and he wants to bash every single person on the team. Now, I get it, the whole thing with him and Big Ben. Even I thought, you know, some of the comments that were made about Big Ben basically saying he can do whatever he wants. He's the quarterback. He's the franchise. That's probably why your franchise is in disarray right now. But for you to attack, you know, another receiver and basically, you know, saying he's this, that, and the third – Bro, you losing all type of respect. You sound like a, a hurt lover who got left on red on iMessage, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, all of that, bro. You you, you okay? Like, it's it's going to be all right, man. There's other people out there. And then you posted that DM when Juju Smith-Schuster was in USC and he was reaching out to you to say, what can he do to improve his game? I hope you don't think that made Juju look bad. That just means he had respect for you enough to send you a DM to see if he can get some tips on improving his game. And let alone for him, it's probably a dream come true to get drafted by the Steelers and get to play with Antonio Brown. And this is how you do him? Man, you're probably not going to last a full season in Oakland if you got this attitude because 
John Gruden may have a, a bad first season, but I, I, man, John Gruden might kick you to the curb. John Gruden don't play that. We'll see. That's, oh, man. Um, Antonio Brown, boy, you one of the best receivers, one of the best receivers in football, and you just making it look worse and worse. And you went to the place where careers go to die. Like you went to Oakland, you talking all this noise. If you don't look like the same receiver you did in in Pittsburgh and Oakland, mm, mm, mm. you have opened yourself up for all types of media criticism, all types. So we'll see how that goes. You know, once the NFL season gets here, which I'm definitely ready for, because college basketball is over. The NBA looks like the Warriors. I've said that before. It looks like the Warriors. Um, and then, you know, that terrible month between June and August, which we call July, there's nothing on but baseball. And when it comes to baseball, honestly, if it ain't Barry Bonds or Ken Griffey Jr., I you know, I really don't care. And both of them is retired. So that's how much attention baseball gets from me. I just – sorry, I was just boring to watch. Like, there's nothing interesting about baseball. Not to me, anyway. And I played it. So that lets you know that, you know – I was out there, but no, I wasn't really interested. Um, What else is going on? Uh, I just want to shout out Tiger Woods. You know, he was killing on golf for a long time. He's struggling to get back, but Tiger Woods is the only reason I used to watch golf. Shout out to Serena Williams. I think Serena Williams is one of the greatest athletes to ever live, male or female. I would probably put her on my Mount Rushmore of of athletes because she changed the game like – to the point where she's getting tested all the time because people think she was doping and stuff, but it was the people that she was destroying, like Maria Sharapova and whoever else you want to say, they were doping and stuff, and because they wanted to beat her and they couldn't. And you know she's getting a little older, so maybe she don't she don't got it all. But you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who would say there was a better tennis player than Serena, male or female. Serena was dominant. So um, yeah. But um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to listen to our sponsors. And I got something else I want to talk about that, you know, my Boston Celtic uh, friends know is coming because um, Paul Pierce is at it again. And I don't know if he'd just be doing this to troll people or if he really believes this. Because if he does, then that man's stupid. But we'll be right back with more Clutch Time with Mike on the Mic. Quick word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Chasing that fair world tour. They don't love you like that. You can't get no fair world tour. They don't love you like that. You ain't got that type of love. On your own. And since Dwayne Wade isn't here to defend his honor, I'm here. No, well, I'm not south of Dwayne Wade. No, it's my it's turn. My no, turn. It's my turn. No, don't right, backtrack. Right. Don't backtrack. He's made all NBA first team twice. Paul hasn't done it. He made all NBA eight times to your four. Ooh. He's made all defensive team three times to Ow. your zero. Ooh, zero. That's rough. He's won one scoring title. You weren't able to win a scoring title. That's too bad. He has three rings. You have one ring. Ooh, three is bigger than one. What no, he's just, he's just the high man over there, huh? Just the height man. I, I, I don't have a horse for the race. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back to Clutch Time with Mike on the mic. Those two clips you just heard is Draymond Green first telling Paul Pierce they don't love you like that, chasing that farewell tour. 
who you thought you was. You was Kobe. And then the second clip was Jalen Rose, Paul Pierce, and Michelle Beadle. Um, and that was Jalen Rose basically saying everything that Dwayne Wade has done in his career versus what Paul Pierce has done. Now, the reason why this is hilariously funny to me is because Paul Pierce, after he retired, started working for ESPN. And he has said some pretty crazy things. Now, this tops the list. Before this, it was him saying that he was a better wing shooter than Klay Thompson. But this one tops the cake. He said that he had a better career than Dwayne Wade. And he basically checked it up to if I had what Dwayne Wade had, if he had a prime Shaq and a prime LeBron in Boston, he'd have won five, six championships easy. Not mentioning the fact that um, when Dwayne Wade played with Shaq, he wasn't prime Shaq. He was still good, but he wasn't L.A. Lakers Shaq. Um, Paul Pierce neglected to mention that he played with Antoine Walker, who was an all-star, who actually was the second leading scorer on that Miami Heat team that won in 2006. So obviously Antoine Walker still had something in the tank. Um, and then Paul Pierce, he, you know, he did say, you know, he ended up getting Ray and KG, but, you know, we were all past our primes. But you guys played five seasons together, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it was five seasons, um, two finals appearances. And he was like, you put us together, boom, we won a championship the first time. Then the next year, um, you know, he's like, oh, KG got hurt, so we lost. Then the next year, Perk got hurt, so we lost in the finals in game seven. Um, then 2011, they got beat by the Heat in five games. In 2012, they uh, they were up three games to two, and then 45, 15, and five happened in game six from LeBron James, probably one of the craziest games I've ever seen in my life. And then they lost in game seven. And then I don't remember what happened after that. But that big three dissolved. So I just want to say, Paul Pierce, you didn't have a better career than Dwayne Wade. It's to me, in my opinion, it's not even close. And I I will lean back to something uh, a great philosopher once said. His name is Stephen A. Smith. And Stephen A. Smith said, for him to get a max contract, you not only got to be elite and can ball in one of the top players in the league, but you got to be box office. And that means you got to be selling out arenas everywhere you go, you know, merchandise sales through the roof. And, you know, it's unquestioned that you're an elite player in the game. Can y'all tell me the one time in Paul Pierce's career where he was even mentioned as a top 10 player in the league? The only year I can think of that was maybe in 2008 when they won a championship. That That's it, being honest. But Dwayne Wade, on the other hand, has been a top 10, top five player in the league Basically, his whole career from his second year on until about 2013, 2014, possibly, maybe. Dwayne Wade was one of the best shooting guards in the league. Shooting guards-wise, between him and Kobe, it was them for a long time. For a long time. D-Wade, D-Wade is nasty, the third best shooting guard of all time behind Jordan and Kobe. Where's Paul Pierce at on the on the small forwards list? I LeBron won, Larry Bird, Dr. J, Kevin Durant, Scottie Pippen, uh, Clyde. Well, no, not Clyde Drexler. Um, 
George Gervin. I who else? I don't know who else might be a small four, but it's it's a while, I think, before you get to Paul Pierce. So, you know, sorry, you know, Paul Pierce. You might be the truth, but you wasn't box office. Well, nobody, nobody outside of Boston traveling to Boston to go watch you play. You wasn't selling out arenas everywhere y'all went. I know y'all wasn't. Y'all weren't even hardly on TV growing up. I'm just saying. Let's let's be honest here. Now, Paul Pierce ain't no slouch. Like, he ain't no bum. He's a good player. But he ain't Dwayne Wade. He's not. That he No, he's not Dwayne Wade. Sorry. That's just. Dwayne Wade's one of the greatest basketball players I've ever seen. Dwayne Wade is top 50 all time. And let's be clear. Just to be honest here. There used to be a, a show on NBA TV called Open Court, and they did the top 50 NBA players of all time, and then they said who were the next 10. And they were talking about LeBron and Kobe and Iverson and KG and Tim Duncan and guys like that. Now when they recorded this, Paul Pierce was still playing. Shaq, Isaiah Thomas, the real Isaiah Thomas, Reggie Miller, Chris Webber, uh, Charles Barkley, Steve Kerr, Steve Smith, um, I'm trying to think whoever else was on that panel. But when they brought up Paul Pierce's name, they all, uh, uh, I don't know if he's in there. It's probably easier to take him out than it is to put him in. That's all I'm saying, y'all. I know my friends that are Boston Celtics fans are going to call me a hater. Call me what you want. I don't care. Paul Pierce be on TV saying the dumbest stuff on the planet. Anyways, let's move on to something that I think is more important. Um, it's probably the second most important thing that I've said on this podcast today. Again, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. So, as I've told y'all before, um, I really, really love how the NBA takes on social injustices. They take on whatever's going on in the world. They're not afraid to talk about it, do something about it, or put some kind of plan into action that I cannot stress enough. Now, a lot of you probably didn't hear about it, or if you follow, you know, sports stuff like I do, then you did hear about it. Now, uh, the other day on the Players' Tribune, which is something for, you know, NBA players to go in there and basically say whatever it is they need to say and, you know, get it off their chest, whatever the case may be. Um, Kyle Korver, who is a, uh, one of the best shooters to ever play in the NBA. That's, that's a marksman. Um, but he is a white guy, and he plays for the Utah Jazz currently. And he wrote an article called Privileged, and it was posted in the Players' Tribune. And the first thing I want to say is um, that was very, very big of him to do, to admit you know, how he felt about a situation and what he wants to do to improve it and what he wants to do to become part of the solution and not be part of the problem. Um, one thing that I've constantly said and one thing that I've constantly held firm to is that when Colin Kaepernick took a knee and said what he was fighting for, I think the only thing he was missing was if he could have got one, one white prominent player, whether that be Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, JJ Watt, somebody with a big enough name and a big enough clout in the league that was white and said, did they agree with Cap and they stand with Cap and, you know, they, they want to do everything they can to help? I think that would have changed the whole conversation. I really do. So 
<coughs> so hopefully, hopefully, excuse me, um, this will push the conversation along. And I do just want to read a little bit of it so I, y'all can understand basically what, what I mean. So he relates back to 2015. This was when he was playing on the Atlanta Hawks, and he had a teammate named uh, Tabo Cephalosha. And um, for those of you who remember, Tabo was arrested and um, was some police brutality, and he ended up, you know, his leg broke, and he sued the city, and, of course, he won. They settled that case. Um, was they were – they flown into New York after a game in Atlanta. It was a back-to-back game. Um, so basically what he says, and I quote, um, when he woke up the next morning, our team group text was going nuts. Details were still hazy, but guys were saying Tabo hurt his leg during an arrest. Wait, he spent the night in jail. Everyone was pretty upset and confused. He then goes on to say, well, almost everyone, my response was different and I'm embarrassed to admit it, which is why I want to share it today. Um, he's basically saying that Tabo wasn't some random teammate of his who he just so happened to be on the team with. They were actually friends and they've, you know, spent a lot of time together. So, um, it's not like somebody that got signed to the team and they were four or five days into the season and they didn't really know each other. So what Kyle Corver's first thought was, um, on the morning that he found out about Tabo had been arrested, he wanted to know, or he said, want to know what my first thought was about my friend and teammate. My first thought was, what was Tabo doing out at a club on a back-to-back? Yeah, not how how he's doing, not what happened during the arrest, not something seems off with this story, nothing like that. Before I knew the full story, and before I'd even had a chance to talk to Tabo, I sort of blamed Tabo. I thought, well, if I'd been in Tabo's shoes out of the club, Late at night, the police wouldn't have arrested me, not unless I was doing something wrong. Cringe, end quote. So basically what he's saying is that he, in his own moment with a friend, a teammate, had, I don't know if you want to say it's a racist moment, but just an ignorance moment. I'll put it that way. Um, The ignorant part being just because a black person got arrested or somebody got arrested, you automatically jump to, oh, he must have did something wrong, which wasn't the case. So by him admitting that, that that's how he felt, and then him basically going on to say, um, one of the biggest things that he said in the thing that kind of hit me was, he said this whole racial conversation, he can kind of walk into the conversation and walk out. And what he means by that is that he could... He doesn't have to join the conversation of racial inequality because he's white and he does have white privilege. That's what he that's what he he alludes to. But he also says, you know, it's, it's easy for me to go into the conversation and speak on what I have to say. But then tomorrow you guys can come ask me questions and I won't have anything to say. So he's basically saying that is the white privilege that he has. And he thinks that white people think that because they try to not say anything wrong, not do anything wrong and kind of act colorblind that they're doing the right thing and they don't need to, you know, contribute to the solution, which he then goes on to say he thinks that's part of the problem. Because if you are, you know, if you are my white friend and you see me getting, you know, abused by police or you see me being racially discriminated against, whatever the case may be, I would hope as friends that you would have enough balls to step up and say something in my defense, especially if I was doing nothing wrong. So I think that's what Kyle Corver is trying to allude to. And again, 
for him to come out and say that in such a big platform on the Players' Tribune and to admit that with having black teammates probably still being friends with Tabo Cephalosha and having played with a lot of other black teammates and having just last year played with LeBron, who we know is big on social advocacy and all of that, you know, it, that's a big step for him to say. So like he said um, in the in the article and in the interview, you know, what happened in Utah a few weeks ago with Russell Westbrook and then banning that fan and then actually going back to another fan who had an a incident with Russell Westbrook the year before, they banned him too. He said, now, I don't know, you know, if that's going to be the biggest step, but it was a step. And I think he's right. I think we as a as a society have to get over the fact that um, black people are here to stay. We're not going nowhere. So, you know, people are just going to deal with it. And unfortunately, we have an idiot in the White House who has empowered people who act like black people are the worst thing on the planet to feel like they can say anything to anybody and get away with it. But you know, I ain't preaching violence, but I'm I'm just saying, you're not going to get in my face and say anything that you think is okay, and I ain't going to do something about it. Sorry, it's just not going to happen. That's not the world we live in. But I think by him doing this, that gets the conversation started, and because he is a respected veteran in the NBA, and Kyle Corver is, he's, he's white, white. Like, Kyle Corver looks like, he wear flip-flop sandals, flip-flop thong flip-flops in the offseason and stuff like that. I, I don't know. But Kyle Korver is a respected player. He's a veteran of this league. You know, he's been there when the league wasn't prospering as well, and he's been there now with the with the big boom of the league. So for him to come out and say that, you know, it's big. He definitely got my respect for saying that and getting the conversation started. So kudos to him. Now all we need is for another prominent white player to step up. It doesn't have to be somebody in the NBA. It could be somebody in the NFL. It could be somebody from golf. It could be somebody from baseball. It could be somebody from tennis. It could be any athlete or it could be any person. It, it doesn't matter. But, you know, for for people to, you know, realize what some black people in this country are going through and to speak on it and actually want to be a part of the solution. And this whole article you can read on the Players Tribune. If you just Google it, um, theplayerstribune.com, the article's called Privilege. Um, if he can come out and say that, then any other white player should be able to come out and say it. Um, you mean you don't have to be all in, but just showing your support and showing your support and voicing your support for an issue that has been plaguing this country since, you know, before any of us were born and still going on to this day, then to me, that just shows me that you at least want to be a part of the change and you're not okay with the, with the way stuff is going. And like I said, we got this idiot in office who makes this stuff seem like it's okay, but it's really not. Like we're in 2019. It's no reason in the world that, a white lady should be coming up to a black woman and harassing her because she's in a parking spot and the lady thinks she don't belong there. If you don't get out of my face, you don't get out of my face. I ain't never hit no woman, but I got a sister that will beat you down. So don't play. Don't play. And I got a lot of homegirls that don't play that either. So again, shout out to Kyle Corver, man. That was, that was a big thing for him to do. And again, he gets all my respect because he's able to admit it. And, you know, he just wants to learn more about what he can do to contribute, you know, 
it's okay to say maybe you you know you took you had a blind eye to what was going on, but if you're legit and genuinely trying to be a part of the solution, I can't do nothing but respect you and shake your hand and keep it moving. I mean, the quicker you say you don't you don't understand what's going on and you want to know more about it, you want to get involved, then that's quicker I can shake your hand and tell you, hey man, this is what's going on. This is what we're gonna do to fix it. So again, big shouts to Kyle Corver. Big shout out to the Players Tribune for publishing that article and big shout out to any athlete who's out here trying to change the world with foundations and um, with foundations, charity work, social work, um, whatever it is that they're doing. People like Warwick Dunn who are out here. He's a one hell of a player at Florida state. He had a great NFL career. Excuse me. He has a whole organization that helps put single moms into homes that are more affordable for them to be able to take care of because that's how he grew up. So stuff like that, LeBron James, I promise school, Jalen Rose has a school out there um, in Detroit um, or in Michigan, excuse me, or whatever. Y'all know what I mean. Um, Kevin Durant has his, uh, he has his program out there in Maryland that he's doing for kids. Man, it's just um, Steph Curry with the, he's inviting any player that or any NBA high schooler that's a three-star or lower to these different combines that they can go to and showcase their skills so maybe they can get the bigger college offer so they're not stuck at a small school when they really can play with the big boys. Stuff like that, I love to see. They don't have to do it. They don't because I don't feel like any athlete has to be a role model because, like I said, they're just people. But if you take the extra mile and you go and do something like that, I don't got nothing but respect for you. And, again, they're human beings like we are. They're going to make mistakes. Stuff is going to happen. But that doesn't take away from what they're trying to do. So, you know, big slot, big shout out to any athlete out here doing it. Big shout out to anybody out here that is trying to change their community. Um, shout out to a personal friend of mine. His name is Cedric Harrison. He lives out here in Wilmington, the Port City. Um, he's been doing a lot of stuff called Support the Port. He's been doing that for years now. And it's just crazy to see from where he started to where he is now. He was just recently on a TED Talk series. Um, he just had the Stop the Violence rally, second annual Stop the Violence rally out there in Wilmington this past weekend. So, you know, if you got somebody in your your community, like I was saying earlier, like a Nipsey Hussle who's out here trying to change the community and make it better for the next generation, by all means, support those people. And if you feel like you want to be that person, then be that person. You know, it ain't it ain't it ain't gonna hurt you to ask questions and see how how can I get this started, this, that, and the third. I mean, it's it's. You know, it's, I don't think it's hard for people, and it ain't for everybody, but for the ones that know that they can make a change in, in the community, by all means, man, step up and do it. We got to make life easier for the next generation. But, um, yeah, that was really all I had. Sorry for the for the late posting. Y'all was legit tired after, uh, after Dreamville Fest. Y'all know I'm old. And then by the time I got home, it was almost 5 o'clock, and WrestleMania came on. Y'all know I'm a big wrestling fan. Shout out to Kofi Kingston for winning the WWE Championship. Big salute to him. 11 years in the game. First-time champ. Go ahead, man. Um, Shout-out to Roman Reigns. First match back after beating Leukemia. Um, first singles match back, so that was good to see. Um, Shout-out to Kurt Angle. He had his last match. and man retired. Um, he was a, definitely a big part of my childhood growing up. Um, that was really it, man. That was really it. But, uh, again, I appreciate everybody that listens to the podcast, man. Big support. I really appreciate y'all. Um, again, it's Clutch Time with Mike on the mic. 
You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, which is the website which all these links come from. Um, you can also listen to it on Radio Public um, anytime that you want. If you subscribe to the podcast, you'll definitely get the notification unless you know that a new episode is dropped. You can just search on those platforms, Clutch Time with Mike on the Mic. You'll see a picture of me with saying Clutch Time with Mike on the Mic. Again, I appreciate everybody that listens all day, every day. And shout out to my dog, Dom704, Ballhead, don't care. Um, I seen that man this weekend. And usually when I see him, it's all love. And the first thing he said to me was, keep doing your thing because I listen to this podcast faithfully every Monday. So, again, I appreciate that support, my brother. All y'all have a good rest of the week. Have a good weekend. And, again, it's Clutch Time with Mike on the mic. I'm out.